you are a student athlete, but like a lot of the skill sets that you learn as an athlete can be used in any setting. You have a college degree. No one can take that away from you. No one can take away the experiences you had as a D1 or D2, D3 student athlete. It's going to be tough. And there are people in who are in my corner who are rooting for me. I can lean on them when I need to. United Conversations for Student-Athletes, a Holinsky's Hope-powered podcast supporting the mental health of student-athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. Throughout the course of our life, we have so many transitions. We transition anytime we move from one town to another, anytime we have passed a grade and moved up, especially from like middle school to high school and then high school to college. We transition from playing high school athletics into collegiate athletics, which is a whole different world. All these transitions, job to job, from single life to dating life, to married life, to parenthood, man, there's a ton of transitions that we're going to face throughout our life. There is one transition that so many athletes struggle with, and that is the transition from playing their sport and being an athlete, whether it's a collegiate athlete or professional athlete to being retired from their sport. And that is so difficult, especially because of the identity that we've talked about as an athlete and how that shifts when you're not playing that sport anymore. So really important to talk about. And today I'm so glad that we have Dr. Bassey Ackman with us to talk about it. Now she's currently a psychologist in athletics at Texas A&M University. She's also the clinical diversity specialist there in College Station. Originally from Southern California, she went across the country to go to Springfield College in Massachusetts for her doctorate in counseling athletes and now landed in Texas. She's passionate about athlete mental health, especially student athlete mental health, and really works to help athletes explore who they are all parts of their identity outside of just being an athlete in their sport. So she's a great one to be talking to about this today. She travels. She has a great two-year-old dog named Lando. She's just a fun person to be around. So let's get going with today's conversation with Dr. Bassey Ackman. Bassey, welcome to United. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yes, I am happy that you could take the time because I know things are super busy as the semester wraps up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are finishing up with clients this week and then they start finals tomorrow. Um, Some of them already have taken their finals, but for the most part, official final season starts tomorrow. So yeah, wrapping up, getting ready for the summer. I am always so relieved for people. And maybe it's just like, I don't like to relive the trauma of my finals, but like, People are like, I had five finals. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It can be intense. And the scheduling part of it too. Yes. And for athletes that are in season, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm- Having to coordinate around travel and everything. Ugh. How do you do all that? That is something that I think as we wrap up, it's so appropriate for us to be talking about transitions because mm-hmm. we are transitioning from spring to summer, which has yeah. a different pace. Athletes are transitioning from the semester to their summer, which 
hopefully has a different pace, right. <laughs> but so many athletes are actually transitioning out of their sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely a stressful time for some, and especially if throughout, if there has been, you know, an involuntary transition from sport where, you know, you were sidelined by, by injury or for other you know medical reasons, or even a mental health reason that can be really hard uh, to deal with. And so it's helpful to I think it's helpful to have these conversations. I, I personally have a passion about this. I did my dissertation on transition from sport, but I think it's important just to have that conversation. Cause I think that our athletes are so busy and, you know, they're focused on their sport. They're focused on, you know, being a great student. And so a lot of that stuff can fly by. And then all of a sudden it's the end and you're like, wait, what happened? I don't know what to do. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, they're still human beings are still students. And so just like, you know, students who don't play sports, like they're trying to figure out their life after college. And, you know, athletes are so busy with everything that sometimes they just don't have time to think about it. So definitely something to, to talk about, I think. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of athletes don't want to talk about it. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is that come into college and you think you have so much time. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to find a job. Or, you know, oh, that didn't end the way I thought it was going to end for a number of different reasons can be. So that's just really hard. And it goes so fast. Can you imagine two of those years of your college being COVID? Yeah, I didn't even think about that part. A good portion of the people who are graduating spent a good portion during COVID quarantine away from friends, probably away from family as well if they were, if they, if they weren't able to quarantine with family, but, um, and I'm thinking of the international athletes in particular, Mm. but yeah, like having to, to navigate that. And especially those who had to graduate in the middle of the pandemic and not really having that solid feel of like, okay, I've ended my season. This is how, you know, I feel complete, you know? And I think that that's, been a little bit helpful. I think that a lot of people are taking advantage of their extra eligibility year, which I think delays the conversation, but still the conversation to have at some point. But yeah, that's something that, you know, again, in this day and age, we have to take into account. Yeah. Well, and also, I don't know about you, but like for me with those two years, it kind of just messed with my sense of the passage of time. And I was like, Uh time means nothing now. And so whether it seemed like longer or shorter, those years just fly by. So there's not even a ton of time because to figure out the next step, there has to be some sort of like exploration of what you want to do and be. Uh And there just ain't a lot of time for that. Right. I actually think that um, athletic departments are doing a better job of it. You know, back when I was in college, like, I don't know if the kinds of systems that are put in place now were so prominent, or at least talked about as much back when I was in college, because at least here at Texas A&M, like they are very good about making sure that the athletes can explore other areas outside of their athletic identity. And so it's making sure that they get involved with volunteer opportunities. They have a lot of opportunities to be able to do things that are, you know, related to their sport, but like, you know, getting out in the community, interacting with, you know, I know they do something with like elementary school, elementary schools in the area, but I feel like they're doing a really good job now, not just here, but in in many other places of just making sure that they can hone in on other things that, you know, people might be interested in, you know, figuring out, Hey, I might have a hobby that I could turn into a career or something that I could, you know, pursue in grad school. It doesn't just have to be, you know, 
because we know so few people make it to professional sports, right? And so there's there's life after sport and it, it doesn't always have to be kind of like this horrible ending. It can be something that's closing the, ch- the chapter gently and just make them being more prepared for like what's to come. You know, something you alluded to, I think, isn't talked about a ton, at least not explicitly. And that's the idea around closure, because, you know, for so many athletes that were in the midst of of 2020 and their season ended and Mm -hmm. maybe they couldn't do another year of eligibility or want to or were just ready or whatever the case, or if a season, a career ends with injury, Mm -hmm. there can be such a lack of closure. And I think we really don't emphasize how important those, even just the rituals are, you know, Mm -hmm. that many students, not even just student athletes, didn't get the ritual of graduation that they expected or, Mm -hmm. and those rituals mark that time as a closing of the chapter. And it's really difficult if you don't get that, or Mm -hmm. if it doesn't look the way you thought it was gonna. Right. And that's hard to kind of reconcile with. Um, I, like personally, I didn't have uh, the ritual of graduating from my doctorate program. And that's something that I'd been looking forward to for the four years that I'd been um, in school. And so definitely feeling like those years after of like kind of hanging in the balance, like not really sure. If, like I know that I graduated, but like, have I really said and walk across the stage? But really, like it just shows like how important it is to have those types of those rituals in place because it, it, it does signify something. It does show something. And I know that people improvised and, you know, had kind of mock graduations for people, but again, it's not the same. Yeah. Did you, this is an aside, but did you have like those anxiety dreams after you got their, your doctorate where like they figure out that you didn't take some fundamental class yes. in undergrad? Yes, so how did like, you know? You because that is a thing. <laughs> so it's like yeah I mean so I would have to wake up and be like they can't take this away from me right right (laughs) and I think like that's just the important part of it too of like even with um our student athletes and having to go through that it's like you have a college degree you may not have been able to end on the way that you wanted but you still have that no one can take that away from you no one can take away the experiences you had as a d1 or d2 d3 student athlete And so I think that it's important to remember that. And I think what's helpful is having the support system, right? Like we have now, I think like we have the athletic departments and whatnot who are are helpful. And I think that they did a really good job of helping athletes through that transition and trying to recognize them in some way, um, just to kind of make it feel like there's like this, like closing to a chapter and whatnot, but also just like social support, family support. I know that a lot of people did things for, you know, their graduates and their, their athletes. And so I think that that's helpful in that process. It may not feel the same, but knowing that you have someone in your corner who can, who's trying to understand what you're going through, I think that makes that transition a little bit easier to, to swallow. I think it does. And especially if it's family and friends, and that can be even staff within athletics, but it also provides a little consistency, like those people that you know, they've been with you in this stage. And as you transition, they're also going to be maybe not in the same way, but they're still going to be present. Uh And I think that consistency in a lot of different things, I mean, even just like as I transition from town to town or job to job, you know, my dog was like a a consistent transitional object, Yeah, you know, and 
that it strikes me like we need that from the time we are little, you know, in childhood development, uh-huh. children carry around either a blanket or a stuffed animal. For my son, it was a an Ellie. It was the elephant. And actually, my younger son picked up a mini Ellie because he wanted to be just like his brother. So he had a miniature elephant. That's cute. <laughs> it's called a transitional object because mm-hmm. it helps them to feel safe when mm-hmm. they transition from their house to daycare or mm-hmm to the car, to the grocery. And so that is just something that is so ingrained in us that transitions need some sort of root. Like we need to be rooted in something. Yeah. Like a constant, something that can, can be there for us. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, a phrase that we use here a lot of like control the controllables. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like that's kind of a way to control the different situations that you're being placed upon and are placed in and then this and how to deal with it. Right. Like you still have, you know, whatever that constant is, whether it's, you know, your social um, network, your friend, your family, um, you know, people in the athletic department, but to have that as you transition, it, it makes it feel like you have a little bit of control over the situation because no one likes to, you know, go into something unknown and then feel, you know, no one really feels like they know everything. Right. And we don't, but to know that we have kind of like you said, like our safety blanket, it's, it's almost like, okay, I have, I have some, some sense of control over this and I can, I can move forward and do something. You know, what's cool. And there's a smoother segue to this, but I'd get excited and just want to jump right in. (laughs) Identity is so huge when you're talking about transition, transition from being even just a college student Mm -hmm. or college athlete to the next thing to not being a college athlete, even if it's that that's because of injury, or maybe you walk away for a variety of legit reasons, or Mm -hmm. your eligibility ends. Identity is something that we think of as you lose that identity. And that's like such a struggle. Mm -hmm. However, if you take this concept of the transitional object, right, it's actually just transitioning your identity, because the things that show up on the field, like I was very, I was very ambitious. I was very tenacious. Um, Some people would say stubborn. Uh, I was determined. I was a problem solver and creative. That's Uh who I was on the field. And I look at it like that is who I have been in my graduate studies. That's who I've been in my um, pursuit of my career. That's Uh who I am at my work. That's who I am as a parent. So it's really just taking those constants mm-hmm. of who I am and transitioning them to a different setting, which right. is terrifying, mm-hmm. but being able to recognize, okay, this is me, mm-hmm. which I think is what you're talking about in creating that space for athletes to explore. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I'm going to be this in this setting. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the way you said it was perfect. Cause I, I try to emphasize that a lot of like, you're, yes, you are a student athlete, but like a lot of the skill sets that you learn as an athlete can be used in any setting, right? Like, like you mentioned leadership, you know, that, that drive to succeed, that motivation, that intrinsic motivation. There's so many things that help us to be the athlete that we are, right. That to be able to compete and that we can use in, in school, we can use in grad school, we can use in our, you know, the next steps as far as jobs and um, moving in and in those uh, situations. And so 
I, I love how you said that you said transferring the identity, the athletic identity to different situations mm-hmm. and then being able to apply that and just adopt, essentially just adapting just like you would in any other situation if you weren't an athlete. Right. And I, I love how you said that. That's perfect. I'm going well, to have to. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that it is terrifying because like, as I transition to a new role, I don't know how it's going to show up. And I think when we grow up as like a soccer player, basketball player, or whatever it is, we think of ourselves as that is our identity because everybody's like, oh, that's so-and-so, she plays soccer, or that's, you know, the kicker on the football team or whatever. And that's how they describe us. And we have to kind of be intentional about identifying these things. Like Uh I am, you know, service is such a great way to learn about yourself and see Uh what shows up um, as you are doing volunteer work, for example, like that caring spirit, that servant heart, like, you know, so how does that show up? I don't know yet because I'm not there. Uh And that is scary. Yeah, Yeah, definitely scary. And I think that you know, like with that, knowing that you have it, like knowing that you do have these skills, I feel like that can bring a little bit of comfort to some. And I think it, it kind of goes back to just having that like game plan ahead of time. I, I am a firm believer. And again, like this is just my passion, so I can talk about this forever, but to have these conversations early on. So like the first time they set foot on campus as a student athlete. And, you know, I know that you know, as a first time student athlete, like coming into college, like you don't want to think about retirement. You don't want to think about transitioning out. Like you still have what, four or five years at least. But I think that it's, even if they're not really taking it in at that moment, like something's getting through and maybe like a couple of years down the line when it is starting to be a little bit more in your face of like, oh, I'm, I'm facing, you know, transitioning from college and now it's time for me to think about it they can go back and think, okay, I know that something was mentioned. Maybe I can reach out to someone, but it's planting those seeds. And I think that that's a start, you know, they may not be ready to hear it at the time, but eventually they, they will. And and they'll be able to use that, you know, moving forward, like having that game plan in place can, again, having that sense of control. Like I have a plan in place. They're so used to having their lives structured because they have to be at practice at a certain time, games, travel, all that stuff. And so I think that even just carrying that into, you know, after they've transitioned out of sport can be helpful just in feeling like they're in control. Absolutely. I think that a lot of athletes, they tend to think, and I think we all do, but they tend to think of like, when I create a game plan, I need to say, I want to be a physical therapist, or I want to be a sports psychologist, or I want to do this. And so then I can map out. And Uh that is just daunting. I mean, I had kind of a windy road where I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I was Uh like hanging out for a while after college and not doing the things. And then I figured it out a little bit later because that Uh was my path. And I think there's a way to kind of go from the, the future back, like, okay, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my job to look like? Like, Uh what are my values? But I value for me, Uh I value autonomy, I value growth, and I, I value like, you know, service, these things. So I know that these are things that I'm going to want to show up and be vital in my job. Uh-huh. So then going working backwards and saying, okay, with that, and here's aspects of my personality, what are some areas, broad areas, you know, the healthcare field, 
very uh-huh. broad, right? Yes. And sometimes if you take those vocational tests, do you remember those? Yeah. It yeah. would be like, you'd be a great nurse or pastor or sheep herder. And it was like, what? right. <laughs> like, so bizarre, but yeah. you know, it, it is, it's about, these are areas, these are, are vocations where mm-hmm. your personality and your values would be very much uh, needed. Mm-hmm. So kind of working backwards, like not what job do I want, but how mm-hmm. do I want my life to look? Yeah, I like that. And I think, and, and again, like, I believe that that's helpful to have that social support system. Like they can point out resources that you may not be aware of and to help you kind of figure that out going from um, looking forward first and then um, working your way backwards. Cause I, I was similar. I didn't, I, at first I wanted to be a medical doctor and then I, you know, got through organic chemistry and I was like, nope, it's not going to happen. Um, so after I graduated from college, I was just kind of working. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And I kind of stumbled into this field, but yeah, like I, I didn't really have a game plan. in place. And, and I agree, like it can be daunting when you, when you don't feel like you have like a, a set career ready, or you don't know exactly what you want to do as far as grad school or whatever it may be. So I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, and athletics also prepares you that you're going to have to work from the ground up, you know, mm-hmm. like you did not, you didn't you know, walk in as a, you know, first grader starting to play your sport and start Mm -hmm. on the high school team. Like you had to work your way towards those skills and learn them, but, but still you are showing up and you Mm -hmm. are who you are. And then, you know, you get to be a leader and you get to be top of your game and then you start back at zero zero in college. And so it prepares you kind of for that climb up, but Mm -hmm you know, what are some other, what are some other ways as to deal with the other side of it, which is the loss that comes, because Uh I tell you, yes, this is who I am in my job. And it was who I was as an athlete. And it's Uh what I did. And man, I, I still, and I'm like decades removed and I Uh miss the game. Yeah. No. And it is, it's Uh a big loss. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I used to do cross country and track and, and I even think too, like, I still think of myself as an athlete, like when, you know, when they do those um, icebreakers and like, Oh, how would you describe yourself? It's like, Oh, you know, I'm an athlete or I'm this or that. And I think that the first part of it, something that with, um, that I put in my dissertation was the stages of grief. And, and again, not really stages, it's more of like a process mm-hmm. um, because they're, you know, they're cyclical and they, you can go back and forth and, and you could and get stuck all crazy. Exactly. <laughs> like you, you're, you're convened the stage for a long time, whatever it may be. But I think that first part of, you know, it's kind of like, as I think about my own personal story, I feel like you really do go through all of that. You go through the denial, you go through that. Okay. Maybe I can try and, you know, for me, it was injury. So it was like that, that took me out. So it was like maybe I can try and like rehab and I can, I can get back into it, you know, like just trying to bargain, you know, bargain it out and try and figure out how I can get back into the game. But I think that that first part is kind of accepting that like, Hey, this at some point will come to an end, how you'll deal with that. You know, we can figure out later, but just kind of acknowledging that there, there may be a potential loss in this identity and it may not feel like you're, you know, a true athlete anymore because of the fact that you're not going to practices at said time. And, you don't have like a game every weekend and whatnot. And so I think having, knowing that it's coming and being able to just kind of accept that, like, Hey, this it's going to be tough. And 
again, falling back on the, that social support that you've built up over these years of there are people in who are in my corner who are rooting for me. I can lean on them when I need to. Again, like that acceptance piece, I'm, I'm very much into act. And so yeah. just accepting and then being able to figure out, you know, what are some skills that I have learned that can help me through this process? And again, it's not like for me, like sometimes I go back and like I really, really miss the game, like you were saying, and that, you know, can bring some sadness and, you know, an ache, but that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's okay. And like to, to know that it doesn't, it, it's not something that you just kind of forget. It's like, all right, that chapter is done. And I never have to think about it again. Granted, some people may think that, but you know, that that's usually it, it's, it doesn't work that way. And so I believe it's just helpful just to, to know that it, this is a process to know that you will probably, you know, years down as we're experiencing, you know, years later, may be feeling that same ache and that, that same draw to want to go back, but realizing that like, Hey, that was an experience that was in my life and it was there for a reason. And, you know, I, I have all these skills that I can use now from having all those years of experience. Yeah. And I think you and I are really fortunate to be able to be around the sport that we love Mm -hmm. and, and no, it's not the same, but I Mm -hmm. definitely love it. And, you know, feel a, a tiny bit part of it, you know, although it, it, again, it's not the same and my knees would not let it be the same anyway, but, (laughs) you know, but yeah. And I think too, especially if it ends unceremoniously with either, Mm -hmm. you know, a medical issue or a, this isn't the right fit for me issue Uh or getting cut or whatever it is, that is so important to, you know, like you said, if at the beginning of the process, you recognize this will end. Uh-huh. I don't know how, I don't know why. I know how I want it to end uh-huh. and I don't have control over that. I think it really actually can serve to help you embrace and and really enjoy those moments and try to be uh-huh. present in those moments more. But For sure. Yeah. And then it doesn't take away the hurt. However, it does say, okay, I knew this was coming. And, Uh and yeah, it's, it's still really hard. And that closure, especially if Uh you didn't get it through senior night or Uh graduation um, with, you know, the um, athletes stolen and all that. Yeah. Finding a way to market, finding a way to create a ritual. I like the process of writing a letter to your sport. Uh And sometimes it's a dear John letter let's be honest, yeah. like yeah. sometimes people are done. Um, and that's a grief process as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to make a highlight reel for yourself mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, cause, and people are like, I don't want to put my highlights. That seems, you know, kind of self-serving, but you know, I would love to have that just for my kids, you know? You're right. Yeah. Um, so finding a way to bring closure to that, I think is mm-hmm. so, so vital. Yeah, I like that you bring that up. As you were talking, I thought about the letter that um, Kobe wrote to him for himself, but also like he shared with the world, a, a, you know, dear basketball. And it's a really nice way to to talk yourself through what is going on, and also just to kind of acknowledge that, like, hey, this this has been my experience, and in whether it was something positive or something that could have gone differently, whatever it may be, but like to have that opportunity to be able to write to yourself and tell yourself, you know, kind of. It's almost like when you start writing, you can't stop. Um, I know that I sometimes have that that um, problem as far as when I'm, you know, journaling or whatnot. But 
I think it's helpful just to be able to do that because then again, now you have something that you can kind of look back on and, and reach yourself maybe in those moments where you do feel, you know, a little bit more sad or feeling more, more removed from your sport versus, you know, not really having something. Um, and I like, you know, what you're saying, of just kind of like tying it all together, kind of, you know, you can't always tie it up in a neat little bow and, and kind of place it away. Sometimes it happens, you know, kind of crazy and, and you have to figure it out from there which kind of brings me back to what can you control? What are the things that are within your control and how can you work within that to make sure that you feel like you have the best or at least the smoothest transition possible for your experience? Yeah. I think that there's so much expectation of athletes to be happy and grateful. And like, Mm -hmm. you have to talk about like, you know, this sport has meant so much to me and I'm so happy, like whatever, but finding those safe spaces to also talk about what it's taken away from you and, uh-huh. you know, how it has, you know, maybe ruined your knee or, you know, uh-huh. whatever it is, being able to share all of it really helps to have that closure be full. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it's not like you have to share it with anyone, right? Like it could be just for you and, you know, to, to be as fully and like transparent and honest as you can. I think, I think that that would be the best way just to to help through that process. Yeah. Um, And just, yeah, again, just to have kind of something to, to kind of close it all out. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think about when we, when we think about how scary that is to transition to something new how terrifying it is to leave something that I've grown so comfortable with and so enmeshed with, Uh uh and it is my life, not even just part of my life. It reminds me of times when, you know, let's say some terrible tragedy has happened and, you know, I hear athletes say like, I just can't imagine if that was me, I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to move on. I wouldn't be able to go, go on with my life or whatever they, you know, Uh we've all said that at some point. And, but the truth is that it is, and humans are among the most adaptable creatures on the planet. Uh And, you know, we can't imagine how we would handle something or how we're going to leave our sport or how we're going to, you know, embrace a new career or whatever, but we do. And so, not letting that ambiguity and that uncertainty and that fact that I can't envision it shake my confidence because uh-huh. we can handle it. Right. Just because we yeah. don't know how doesn't mean it can't be done. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I sometimes tell my athletes sometimes in, in our sessions, if, if they're, if they're having some sort of um, thought process of like, I don't know if I can, you know, how I can go th- get through this or how I can, um, you know, start a new career in a different city that I, I don't have any family. I don't know any friends at. And I kind of bring the example of, you know, you, you came to college, right? Like, and most of them are, you know, some of the international students, like you came across the world to attend a D1 institution and you probably had something, like, did you have similar feelings? And usually it's like, oh yeah, I was feeling like, you know, I don't, I didn't know anyone here and, and now they're, you know, thriving. Right. And it's, it's almost like, again, like you were saying earlier of like having that foundation, those foundational skills of use, you're used to starting from the bottom and and having to work your way up and and kind of go through the process and be patient with it. Right. Like you didn't just sprout out and become like a, you know, top soccer player. Right. 
you had to learn the skills, you had to, you know, do the drills and whatnot. And I sometimes try to like reiterate that of like, Hey, you've, you've, you've been through this before you, you know, when you left high school and came to college and, you know, this is just another, you know, phase in life that you're going to be experiencing. And look, now you have even more skills that you've learned in the four or five years that you've been here that you can apply. And I like, and I like to kind of put it in perspective that way. Cause sometimes, like you said, it can be pretty, it can feel uncertain um, when you don't really have kind of a clear idea of what, of what can go on. And I think that kind of also comes back to like routine, like you're used to having a certain routine. And sometimes I feel like some people at the beginning of like, you know, especially if they stay on for fifth year and they're doing grad school of like, okay, what's my new routine going to be? And that can help feel a little bit more solid, a little bit more constant as they're transitioning through. Oh my gosh. That is such a good point. Like figuring out, okay, I may not know what job I'm going to get. However, I know that I'm going to put this into my routine. I know that Uh I'm going to wake up early to go for a run before work. Those little things make a huge difference. And I think it would be a really cool exercise when working with somebody or if if somebody wants is doing it on their own and kind of scared about that transition, which we all are Uh to write a little bit about transitions that you've been through before and how it is. I mean, yeah, here's the deal. So my oldest is transitioning to first grade after this year. I know it's a, it's a huge deal, right? Yeah. I think about like, okay, well, but I'm starting a new career. I'm not going to write about when I transitioned to first grade and you may not remember, but you know, people Mm. typically remember transitioning to high school or transitioning to college. Mm -hmm. And so like for my son, it is helpful that he can go to the classroom and see what it's going to be. They have a meet the teacher kind of thing to, but for him, he's only been on the earth for five years, which is not a very long time. So to him, this is as big a deal as starting a new career is for us because Uh we have all that context to put it in and he just doesn't. And, and so we have these experiences, make use of them, write about the courage that it took Uh to walk into your high school that first time, or write about how freaking terrifying it was and how, you know, you dropped your books in front of everybody and thought that you Mm -hmm. were going to be a social cry and like, how did it turn out? Right. And to remind yourself, like you've had success before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to be this terrifying, you know, huge unknown thing. Right. Yeah. As I think about it, I could look in my office and find two or three things that have been with me every single office that I've had. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And it's just kind of a comfort. Like, I know that's going to be there Uh and, and kind of actually it's funny enough. My office kind of becomes known. I have this huge tapestry that um, I've had forever and it has an Uh a series of elephants on it. And so people will come back after years and be like, it's still here. I'm like, it's always (laughs) going to be here, you know? Right. And it's, it's kind of cool again, that transitional thing that reminds you you're Mm -hmm. still here yeah it's like a a, yeah again like kind of a comfort thing right comfort comfy blanket Mm -hmm. just out of curiosity what was what was it that you were looking for in your dissertation and what did you find 
So I focus um, specifically on Black female student athletes, and I was looking to see what their transition experiences were. One, because there wasn't a lot of research about Black female student athletes. It was mainly like Black males or student athletes in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to focus on that population. I wanted to know what their experiences were. And then I also wanted to know what they feel would have been helpful or how they felt. So two things. So what would they have found helpful to know before they had graduated or transitioned out of their sport? And then the second part that kind of came out just through like interviewing and, and conversation was looking back now, like, what would you tell if you were like a senior athlete that had, you know, is about to graduate and whatnot, like, what would you tell incoming athletes about like your experience or like to be helpful throughout their, their season? And what I found was a lot of them for the most part knew that they weren't going to be going on professionally. And they knew that pretty early on, I'd say like sophomore year, um, there were a handful who, who did feel like they were going to go pro, but there was injury. One of them had an injury. Um, another one just didn't make the cut. And so that was devastating for them. And so it was helpful for them to think about, like they started looking up resources and whatnot. And that's what they found helpful was, like I said, like athletic departments had a lot of resources for their athletes to kind of explore identities outside of being an athlete. Um, so they found that helpful. They found it helpful to have, I guess, prior alumni who had been part of the team come back and talk with them about their experiences and how they got through kind of like the, the honest conversation of like how you transition out of your sport. Cause you know, sometimes we hear the fluffy version of, you know, yeah, you know, it came to a close. It was a great experience, but we don't hear that. Like I was depressed for six months after I graduated and, and, you know, mm-hmm. we don't really hear that a lot. And so it was helpful for them to have those honest conversations. And it was one of those things where it was just the athletes, if there were no coaches around, nothing like that. So they were able to like be open and honest with them. And then one thing that they wanted incoming athletes to know was that it doesn't have to just be your sport, right? Like you can make friends outside of your teammates. You can make friends with people in your classes. It doesn't just have to be the, the, the people that you play with on the field. And I think that that was kind of the main theme that was coming up was uh, a couple people had learned that early on and had started to kind of integrate that. And it made it easier as they were transitioning out. But some of them wish they had done more of that because by the end it was like, okay, I only know my teammates and they're all over the place now. So yeah, it was really interesting. It was, it was fun to do. It sounds like way more fun than my dissertation, but like (laughs) it's cool because that you focused on the black female experience because it is different leaving your sport and entering into the workforce. It's Uh different for women than it is for men. And yes. then it's different for black women than it is for mm-hmm. white women. And so yes. being able to pick up all those nuances, I mean, I look around at job fairs. My, my husband does job fairs for his job, and I've been mm-hmm. to a few around, and we have the Jersey to Suits job fair for athletes. And mm-hmm. and it's like, if if I were a black woman walking in, I would. that's the first thing I would notice is like, well, am I entering into an all white workforce? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's just actually, kind of common. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was a theme that popped up as far as the, like your African-American identity and like, how does that play into like any fears you may have or any, anything that you feel like may happen as you transition out. And one of them was, um, I'm nervous about how I'll be perceived by others because they're so used, you know, they're a student athlete. 
you know, they're kind of held on this high pedestal, but like outside of that context, there was a lot of fear of, or I wouldn't even say fear, just kind of uncertainty of like Mm -hmm. how they would be accepted. Would their personality be taken the same because the way that they are on the field, how does that translate when they're, you know, in the workforce? Yes. And things like that. But yeah, that, that was something that came up. Yeah, it's it was interesting. Well, and then I I think about international students being immersed in this culture for four, sometimes five years and, you know, having so much talk around the resume and CV and the application and like all these things. And it's like, gosh, does that even apply in some cases, Uh you know, and Uh and like, is it the the same? And, you know, I mean, most of them probably know but not seeing it and feeling Uh comfortable it's just it's a lot yeah yeah it's a lot to navigate yeah yeah for sure it really is so Mm -hmm. universities athletic departments are doing a better job and yet every transition is unique and every Mm -hmm. athlete's experience with it is unique and you know I think one of the things that athletes well just humans but especially athletes do in general, but during this time can compare themselves like, man, look at that person. They are handling this so well. They, and I hear a lot, like, you know, so many of my teammates, they just have it all mapped out what they're going to do. They know where they're going to work. And I just right. don't have no idea. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That comparison, your, your story, your journey, your transition is unique. And so being able to treat it as such and do what you need to do Mm-hmm. Maybe you do need to write a letter. Maybe you need to, you know, go explore or, you know, hang out and work retail for a year, have a gap year right. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And being perfectly proud that you have that unique experience and that you, mm-hmm. it does not look like other people's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and to realize like you came through a very tough experience balancing a lot of different responsibilities that not not every student college shouldn't have to deal with right and and I think that that's something to reiterate and to to make known and to talk about and to um to highlight because that's something to be proud of and that's something that can be taken as that experience and and applied to other areas in their lives absolutely I think you know, just to to sum it up, like, (laughs) we don't always know what it's going to look like, but Mm -hmm. every athlete can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not without grief. Yes, you know, and I mean, Mm -hmm. not for everybody. (laughs) Again, some are like, let's move. Yeah, some are like, I'm done, right. But, uh, but even then, it's still a transition. And Mm -hmm. we have been successful in just about every transition. They've been successful. Right. And so it will happen again, <laughs> even if you have no idea what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And to have that confidence that like, hey, you have made it through so many phases, right? And and now you're here. And to know that I'm, no matter how it turns out or how, like what's thrown at you, like you will see the other side of it and you'll look back and be like, oh yeah, I did that. Yeah. And you know, what's cool that just occurred to me um, about having this conversation with you is that you actually just recently went through this. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just left one place, Massachusetts, to go to Texas, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. I think, different. <laughs> and you know, yes. transitioned before that from California. And so, mm-hmm. and then transitioning into this big time athletic department and 
you know, a new career with new people. And I mean, so you have a really recent experience and look, you're doing it. You did it. Right. You transitioned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah even the weather you know getting used oh my to gosh. adapting I'm adapting I would never get used I say that I'm sure I would adapt but I don't want to it's too hot there <laughs> <laughs> it's hot where mm-hmm. I am but not like Texas hot <laughs> oh thank you so much for your time and your not just your unique experience the fact that it is a recent experience and the fact that it's actually an educated experience like you studied this so Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so, I always love talking about this. Yeah. Talking about transition from sport in just anything. And like you said, like I've been through it so many times. I don't even really notice it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's something I can talk about for hours. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I know that, especially now it's going to help so many people and, and, um, and even people just starting their, their path. There was so much to, encourage people to do early. So yeah, Yeah. but it's never too late. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josie. Absolutely. Well, our paths will cross soon. Yes. (laughs) Until then, take care and enjoy some air conditioning. (laughs) Thank you. I will. You as well. All right. Bye. Bye. Again, a huge thank you to Dr. Bassey Akpin, as well as our producer, Bram Doty, and our editor, Chelsea Battle. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to family, friends, or a licensed mental health professional in your area. And we also want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So please reach out to us at info at Let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because that helps other athletes find the podcast. If you would like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others. And always have hope.